The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. Episode 26, Sports Talkers Podcast. Great to have you in, BarrettSportsMedia.com. Stephen Strom here. Thank you for making me a part of your morning, afternoon, or night. We got Christmas Eve tomorrow. We're in the middle of Hanukkah, so I hope everyone is having a good holiday. Today, we've got LeVar Arrington, who spent seven seasons in the NFL, was a three-time pro baller, played for the Washington Redskins at the time. Now it's the Washington football team. He transitioned into broadcasting, is now as the co-host on Fox Sports Radio on the morning program, Two Pros and a cup of Joe with Brady Quinn and Jonas Knox. So it was a really fun conversation with LeVar. We talked about his transition into broadcasting on the field, into the mic, growing up in Pittsburgh, who he idolized. And then we get into who's got next, not as far as broadcasting, but maybe color analyst or a coach, whatever it may be. He gives a really good answer on who that just might be. Uh, we are always on BarrettSportsMedia.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. That is always appreciated. And without further ado, let's get LeVar Arrington on the pod. All right, LeVar, always curious, I guess, just growing up in Pittsburgh. I, I know you were a, a tremendous football player, but I guess sports broadcasting-wise, who were some of the guys that you remember growing up on? Yeah, I mean, again, there were there, there were a lot of legendary uh people that that were associated with Pittsburgh football, Pittsburgh Steelers, Pitt Panthers. Um, the first name that jumps out at me is, is Myron Cope, of course. People may know him for being the creator of the Terrible Towel, uh, but he just had a very unique voice. This is Myron Cope, starts, <laughs> you know, like, so there were, there were like, there were a lot of personalities, you know, uh, Stan Sabrin, uh Paul Saverin, there, there, there were some really, you know, Andrew Stocky, Derek Gunn, mm. um, just a lot. Tunch, who passed away, rest in peace, Tunch. Uh, just a, a lot of guys. And then when I was coming through high school, there was a guy by the name of John Fedco. And Fedco, like, created the Fedco zone, and, and he would fly over to games with his helicopter and stuff like that. So then, of course, radio is, is a big thing in Pittsburgh as well. So just, you know, radio and print um, and even television was really big to, to Pittsburgh sports. And it was something that, you know, I always enjoyed. I never thought that it would be what I'd end up doing, but it, it certainly was, was uh, a time where I enjoyed the personalities. I felt like the personalities always brought to life the stories and the personalities yep. of the players that were participating. So was it while you were playing football? Was it after you were playing football? I guess who introduced you to the idea of, hey, LeVar, I know you're you're out of playing football, but here's a way you can still stay in the game. Well, I started doing media while I was still playing in Washington. And I did a weekly show with Coach Thompson, John Thompson, and, and Doc Walker. And that was a lot of great reps. I, I also did television for Comcast Sportsnet back then. Um, and – I just always see you got to understand the the genesis of why I went into media was because I always felt like I was depicted incorrectly in the media. Uh, How? Uh, like, well, because the way I played, 
you know, sometimes we look at the way people play and we judge them based off of the characteristics that you take from them off of the field. And while I'm I'm tenacious, I'm 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 very bold in how I do things, I'm deliberate, um, can even be kind of forceful uh and demanding. But that's you know, for me, my work ethic and and how I perform is very, very detailed towards what the what the goal and what the situation calls for. Mm. And, and a lot of times I, I think that people don't differentiate when you have to do your job versus who you are as a person. And I think a lot of people almost maybe drew the conclusion that I was something that I really wasn't just based off of the way that I played the game of football. So for me, I always felt like if I wanted people to know who I was, I was going to have to do it myself. And that was limited back when I was coming through. You know, you didn't have all of the the social media channels and all of the outlets to be able to put your own story out there. So that was a challenge, but I ultimately felt like that was something that I wanted to do for other athletes and other people as well is, is make sure that there was a voice that's kind of working to accurately depict what these people are versus just, this is a storyline and it fits what story I wrote or what story I'm, I'm running and I just need a couple quotes and or a couple sound bites from from that person mm. in order to solidify what it is that I'm doing. So that was for me. My my biggest epiphany was I wanted to be a part of something because I saw that narrative continuing sure. to play out. So that and I knew that was a part of media is you got to sell newspapers or you got to give viewers and all that stuff. So sometimes you sensationalize things or something seems that like that will hit more. And the controversy of something is going to hit more versus the content of one's, um, you know, their true character. Do you think you've changed that image? I hope I've tried. You know, if if people I think if people are paying attention, um, they they know. I mean, I wrote, you know, I mean, I was a writer. I wrote for The Washington Post. I video blogged for The Washington Post. So if you just thought that I was just this valid football player that was out there, he's a barbarian, he's got half a brain, nothing's really connected to what he does other than athleticism and reactions, then uh, you might need to take a look at what your intelligence level is if you've had an opportunity to experience what I bring to the table media-wise and you still think that Mm. that might be the person that I am. So I know you're more of a radio host than a journalist, but they kind of go two and two together in a lot of ways. I guess while you were a player, I know some guys get really uh, upset if they get a question asked or, or they sometimes don't have the best relationship with with media. And sometimes we don't have that empathy to, to go in maybe the media's shoes at times. Do you mm-hmm. think as you've transitioned, you've kind of uh, sat and said, all right, like maybe I shouldn't. And I don't know if you had an experience where you went after a reporter, but um I guess, do you look at reporters a little bit differently now or journalists? I respect everybody and I respect what what your trade is. I always say it's a trinity. You got to have the athlete and the team. You have to have the fans and you have to have the media. Like mm-hmm. you have to have those three for it to work. So I've never not respected it. I've only had issues with people that didn't respect the sanctity and, and the integrity of, of that trinity. You know what and I mean? help so us I, young journalists. Help, help us young journalists. What, what were some of those questions that you thought were just intrusive or you were upset with? I don't think it's about the questions being intrusive. If I'm a young journalist, I would say 
building a relationship of, of belief because it's it's you're not going to nobody's going to fully trust one another. Right. But if I'm being a journalist and I want to be impactful, I want to I want to feel comfortable knowing that when I ask a question of somebody, they feel the the belief that I'm asking this question to to understand you or sure. to understand what you're thinking, to understand what you're feeling. If you come in and you interview or you say things in a manner of which it feels like there's an agenda, whether there is or not, if it feels like there's one, then there is one. You know, that's kind of a rule of thumb for an uh, athlete that's interviewing. If you come in asking questions where it's like, where'd that come from? Mm. Like, what what exactly do you mean? And if if you're if you're if your intentions aren't genuine to just get a story that is relevant, that's good. That's, that's a good point too, is relevance of what it is that you're seeking, right? If it's not relevant, don't flip and ask it. You're playing yourself. You know what I mean? Like, even if that, even if that athlete were to play themselves and answer it, y'all both played yourselves. You know what I mean? And so now you burnt yourself with dudes that ain't going to play themselves. (laughs) You dig what I'm saying? Like, 100%. it's like, oh man, I got this one. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I got this, I got this story. Like, great, I'm a reported or whatever it may be. But then now it's like everybody looking at you, like, yeah, that he's the one that got got the homie. Da da da. Like, I'm not fooling with him. Mm. You know what I mean? Or I'm mm-hmm. not fooling with her. Like, whatever it may be, you might have thought you won, but you might have really lost. You know what I mean? So just keep it genuine, man. That's that's kind of that's the key. LeVar Arrington with us. Really good spot with him. We appreciate the time that he's given us. Uh, you've worked with several co-hosts and hosts and, and different people in radio and TV. I guess what's the overarching theme for, for broadcasters listening to this that you felt like you've worked with the best? Or what do they have that that some others from great to good uh, have? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't particularly think that when you see the ones that like I've worked with Jason Whitlock, I've, I've worked with, with, uh, heck, with, with Colin Cowherd. I've, I've worked with, uh, Chad Dukes in DC. Like I said, I worked with coach Thompson and, and doc Walker, um, Chick Hernandez. I, I've worked with a lot of talented guys in the media space. And I think they all have their own unique superpowers. I, I, I think, uh, what really, really separates the ones that I've seen that like a Whitlock who is very polarizing, uh, very provocative and how he, he approaches and tackles issues is their attention to what, what they're talking about and how it applies to them and their specific rooted beliefs. If you stay within the values of what you represent, when speaking on topics and and when speaking on uh, the news, that to me is what separates the greats from the rest. Like if you're reporting and you're just reading and you're a teleprompter guy or, you know, you're just taking the information and delivering the information, that's very different. You want to show personality if you're a media person that way. Mm. But for me, I'm in talk radio. I'm in opinionated television and different things like that. And if you're going to give opinions, then you want to give strong opinions based upon what you believe in. So authenticity. 
it still now goes back to authenticity, authentic again, right? Like, yes, that's that's kind of that's the key. That's the key to media. That's like to me, that's the key to life. You, you don't want to be deceptive. You don't want to be disingenuous. You you don't want to be um, kind of dismissive or condescending. Uh, you just you you really want to be. And if you are condescending or dismissive, be genuine in it. You know, be be authentic. Authenticity. Uh, well, come on, give it to me. I speak authenticity. Poorly. Yeah, authentic. There we go. There we that's go. that's certainly what you what you want. Um, authenticity. Yeah, there you go. It is early, and I have spoke for like three hours before I did this. So, um, excuse me, everyone, for messing up authenticity. I can't say. It. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, that's you know, I, I think that when you come across as we we always you know as a journalist or as a a personality someone who's in media we always want the person that's in front of you to be authentic now i'm authentic confused. authentic authentic i was you like you're combining authentic, two right? of them yeah you always want the person in front of you to be authentic yes and but you sometimes don't Keep in mind that they want to see the person in front of them be authentic. Right. Authentic. Right. <laughs> LeVar's done a, a three-hour show. He's getting the kids off to school. Anyone that's sitting here and saying LeVar Arrington can't say authentic, then he just wrote it down for people that are watching on YouTube. And he can, can say authentic. Let him, let, him, let him screw up how many times. We don't care. It's a good spot with him. Uh, authentic. Le- authentic. <laughs> LeVar. I'm getting um, caught in between authenticity and authenticity. I know. I know. I hear it. I'm just like, oh, man, just just All separate right. the two. Go ahead. So finish here's it the up. point, right? Yep. So just in case we we missed it in my my, Floydian, my Floydian, uh, Freudian slips, yep. you want to be authentic to the person that you're interviewing or talking with because that's what you're looking for from them. So yep. you, it's like a it's a relationship of, of reciprocating. Hundred percent. Um. All right. Two quick ones. Uh. Not really broadcast. Kind of. Uh, kind of an over overarching theme. A little bit. Let's do. Um. Just guys that you hear NFL players in press conferences, or maybe that you just know, uh, personally, that you think can transition into broadcast. Maybe like a future star. Who's like a budding star that could be playing right now that you know of that, or you hear in press conferences that you're like, man. Well, this Mike guy. Tomlin is a coach, <laughs> but I would love to hear him transition into uh, into media. I think his sound bites, and this isn't because I'm biased towards Pittsburgh. I promise this. If you listen to how Mike Tomlin interviews him and the things he says, I think he is a stud for for media, a lock stud um, to go into media. Are there any others that I look at and I'm like, yeah. There, I mean, there are a few pretty entertaining players out there, but the one that just jumps out at me like immediately is definitely Mike yeah, Tom. I can see that. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. Um, all right, last one. I'm 24, and I and I feel like this comes up every other couple of years, maybe maybe even months at times. Where you follow the NFL Instagram, we always see this post of Sean Taylor. And personally, I don't remember a ton of Sean. I know that. Uh, you had a relationship with him for people that are my age that just see the big hits. And uh, we know how in the tragic death, tell us a little bit about Sean Taylor. If you have any stories that you care to share. 
Mason was he was different and different in in ways where when you get an opportunity, because I, I felt like for me, I was great. You know, I felt like my greatness was something pretty, pretty significant. But when you're around greatness, and you got to keep in mind, early on in my career, I was around Deion Sanders. I was around Daryl Green. I, I was around Bruce Smith. You know, I was around some really, really extraordinary uh, football players and people. Sean was just a a a different breed of great. And and you know, he was a he was a Sean was a very I'm I'm trying to search for the right right word. Like a innocent. He had an innocence about him like a like a I'm still growing type of, of way about him. Like almost like a kid. He was like my kid brother. And I know people will remember, you know, the football life where I cream pied him uh, with, with, with uh, the, the cream. And, and he, you know, he never trusted the media after that stuff like that. And that's what, again, back to the original points that I made, how the, the media will over sensationalize something that takes place. And rather than seeing, you know, the trueness in the nature, it happened. It, it it sucked that it happened the way that it did. But you know what? It, it was a moment in time. I regretted it. But we we had a really, really great relationship. And Sean was so naive and innocent in terms of just how focused and dialed in on what it was that he was doing mm. uh, that you wanted to protect him. I wanted to protect him. I, I wanted to be there for him. I wanted to support him. And it was more so than other my other teammates. Like you look at some guys and it's like you support a guy in this way or you support a teammate in that way. It's different ways of supporting him. But Sean was like the kid brother because you could see how great he was. You could see what he brought to the table and you didn't want anything to – disrupt that or keep him from that and and so we built a great relationship built a great rapport with with his eventual uh you know mother of big jackie the, the mother of baby jackie um our family still keep the keep up together both both daughters my my oldest daughter marley and and sean's daughter uh little jackie we call her baby jackie even though mm. she's a big girl now she's 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 a young adult but baby Jackie and Marley still are on the same volleyball circuit. They see each other. So our bond even went beyond his departure from this, this, this world, you know, we're still, we're still connected. And, and so I just, you know, I just always wanted to protect him. We were, you know, me and my wife were mentors and guides to him and, and big Jackie. And I took pride in that. Uh, I, I ultimately felt like, you know, I took a little bit of, of ownership over feeling like I helped give him a um, a blueprint as to how he could handle himself and how that could play a part in him growing and building his reputation in Washington. And, you know, it, it's just it's still to this day, it's sad and it's so unfortunate that we lost him. And no matter how we would have lost him, it's tragic that it was valid if we would have lost them to a sickness or illness, I don't think it would have been any less painful to lose Sean. So 
to me, I, I have always admired him. Um, when I saw him at Miami, I admired him. Couldn't believe that we were going to draft him and get a hold of him. And then when he got there to to have the opportunity to to play with him and and get to know him um, was was pretty significant for me in my life. Uh, we really appreciate the vulnerability there from LeVar Arrington, and we appreciate you guys for tuning in, especially these last couple of months. We got this thing started. We're at episode 26. So appreciative of you guys, the listeners, and everyone at BarrettSportsMedia.com. We're going to go on a little bit of a hiatus. We're going to enjoy the holiday season. I'm not sure when we'll be back, but we will be back. You know we'll be back maybe in, I think maybe two weeks is what uh, Dimitri had told me, but we'll keep you updated. If you have anything for me, Anything that you want to see more or less of as far as this show goes at SSTROM3 on Twitter or on Instagram at SSTROM underscore on Twitter. Always uh, welcome for feedback and anything that you guys may have to add. So again, really thankful and grateful for all you guys that have listened. We've gotten some awesome feedback. We will talk to you after the holiday season. Enjoy it with your friends and family. And we will talk to you at some point in the coming weeks. For Stephen Strom, BearSportsMedia.com. Have a great weekend.